Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who have believed, la tattabi'u, do not follow, khutuwat shaytan the footsteps of shaytan. Do not follow the footsteps of shaytan. What does it mean by following someone's footsteps? That the way they went, you go the exact way. The route they took, you take the exact same route. Right? This is following the footsteps of someone. So Allah is telling us, do not follow the footsteps of shaytan. Meaning, what shaytan has done, you don't do that. What is it that shaytan did? What do we learn in the story of creation when Allah created Adam a.s.? When Allah commanded shaytan, Iblis, to prostrate to Adam, what did Iblis do? Aba wastakbara. Right? He refused. He was arrogant. Allah gave him a command. He refused to follow it. So here Allah is giving certain commands also. Keep away from fahisha. Don't talk about it. Don't indulge in it. Don't do it. Because if you're doing it, then you are disobeying Allah. Because a person might think, what's the big deal, man? Why is our religion so restrictive? Right? We should have this kind of freedom. If we want to dress a particular way, we want to use certain language, the whole world does it. Why can't we do it? Why is it a sin to say these words? Why is it a sin to talk about these things? What's the big deal? You know what? Shaitan also did the same thing. Allah ordered him, and he refused to follow that order. But what happened? One sin, one act of disobedience, what is it basically? It's like slipping. It's like the first time you slip. You slip down a steep slope, a slippery slope. So what happens? Once your foot slips, you're gone. Isn't it? Because if you try to get balanced, you can't. You can't have that balance. If you try to get up straight, if you try to stand up straight, you can't. You will keep slipping. You will keep slipping. And like this, shaitan, he went astray. Imagine he was in the company of the angels. But with one act of disobedience, what happened? He went so far. He went so far away from Allah's mercy. So, لَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ shaitan. What happened? One act of disobedience, then pride, right? Then being stubborn on his wrong, and then blaming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why did you give me this order? Right? And then his revenge against Adam alayhi salam, and then causing Adam alayhi salam to disobey Allah also, eat of the forbidden tree, and then having Adam alayhi salam and his wife Hawa, their clothes being taken away, Right? I mean, you see how one thing led to the other? So Allah is telling us, لا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان Don't go that route. Don't do what shaitan did. Don't follow him. وَمَن يَتَّبِعُ خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ And whoever follows the footsteps of shaitan, فَإِنَّهُ يَأْمُرُ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Then indeed, shaitan he orders بِالْفَحْشَاءِ with the indecency وَالْمُنْكَرِ and wrong. This is what shaitan will order you to do. Because when a person is following the footsteps of shaitan, then who is he obeying essentially? He's obeying shaitan. When he's following shaitan, when he's obeying shaitan, what is shaitan going to tell him to do? Decent actions? No way. Indecency. And you see this fahsha, then there is no limit to it. It just gets worse and worse and worse. One door to evil is opened up, and what happens? So much evil comes in. So much wrong comes in. One fahisha after the other after the other. So for example, it starts with one bad word. Hmm? And then, okay, what are other cool bad words that I could use? 
Right? And then another cool bad word, and another cool bad word. And then filthy language, and then filthy shows that a person is watching, and then filthy stuff that he's reading, and then filthy thoughts that he's thinking in his mind. And then of course he has to do something as well. Right? So shaitan will only order fahsha and munkar. He will not order decency. He will not order good. وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ You see, let me give you another example. In a conversation, you're talking to your friend, right? She starts backbiting about somebody. You don't stop her. Or you don't discourage her. You don't say, oh, we should not talk about this. Then what will happen? The conversation will continue. And it will get worse. You will say something, and then she will say something else, and then you will add to it, and then she will add to it. Then after backbiting one person, another person... You see how the wrong, it will just grow and grow? وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ And had it not been for the favor of Allah on you, وَرَحْمَتُهُ and His mercy, مَا زَكَى مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ أَبَدًا مَا not زَكَى He would be pure. He would be clean. مِنْكُمْ from you, مِنْ أَحَدٍ Anyone, أَبَدًا Ever. If it was not for Allah's favor and mercy on you, none of you would have remained clean. What does it mean by this? None of you would have remained clean. You see this zakah, zaikaf, ya, or wow, this is from tazkiyah, purification. Right? We talk about physical purification and, and then also the purification of the soul, the purification of the mind. What's the purification of the soul, of the mind? That a person doesn't use indecent language, he doesn't entertain indecent thoughts, he doesn't indulge in indecent actions. Right? So when you read these ayat, you think, oh, I don't say bad words, I don't watch bad TV shows, I don't read bad books, I'm really good. Allah says, if you are clean, it's only because of Allah's favor and mercy on you. So glorify Him and thank Him for giving you the ability to remain clean. And ask Him for more purification, for more purity, because there is always room for improvement. Because it's possible that we don't indulge in indecent you know, actions. But in our conversations, we do backbite occasionally here or there. Right? We do use hurtful words. That is also filth, right? So if anyone finds himself pure from indecency, then what should he do? He should realize that this is only Allah's favor. And realize that there's still room for improvement. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يُزَكِّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ Allah is the one who purifies whomsoever He wills. وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ And Allah is hearing and knowing. Allah purifies whoever He wills. He gives the ability to remain clean. To remain pure from such indecent actions. And Allah is hearing and knowing. He hears and He knows. Tell me, out of the so many attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, why are these two attributes mentioned? Over here, in this ayah. What's the connection? That Allah hears and He knows. Allah hears and He knows. That fahisha, like we discussed, there is different categories of it, right? One is in speech and another is in action. So the fahish in speech, Allah hears that. And the fahish, the indecency in actions, Allah knows that. 
right? But what's the connection over here with the previous sentence in the ayah that none of you would have been pure if it was not for Allah's mercy and favor on you? Because you see, we might think that I'm all goody-goody, I'm all clean, right? I wear hijab, I wear decent clothes, I don't watch filthy TV shows. But, but, sometimes, here and there, do we think of these words in our mind? Are we tempted to even use them? Are we sometimes attracted to indecency? And perhaps we indulge in it just a little bit? Right? So Allah hears. He hears our minds. He hears our thoughts. And He knows. He knows what we do in the privacy of our homes, in the privacy of our rooms. He knows what we do. So we might have a very good image in front of other people. But what is our image before Allah Azza wa Jal? That is what we should be concerned about. In a hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that be shy before Allah as is His full right. Be shy before Allah. Are we shy before people? Oh yeah. We become so self-conscious. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? Be shy before Allah. So the companions... They said, Ya Rasulullah, we are shy before Him. Alhamdulillah. I mean, of course we are shy from Allah. And all praises for Allah. So basically they claimed purity. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ said, that is not what I mean. Rather to be shy before Allah, as is His full right, is that you guard your head and everything associated with it. You guard your mind and everything that is associated with it. What's associated with your mind? Your eyes, your ears, your mouth. Right? Because what's in your mind, what's going on in your mind, who knows about it? Allah knows, right? Because sometimes when we're sitting with somebody and they say, what are you thinking? What you thinking? And what do we generally say? I don't know. Huh? I don't know. Or nothing. Randomness. What is that randomness that's going on in our minds? It's not even worth sharing with the person sitting across from us. But Allah knows what we're thinking. Allah knows what's in our mind. So the Prophet ﷺ said, guard your mind and everything associated with it. And also that you guard your stomach and that which it consumes. This is also part of being shy before Allah. Guard your stomach. How much are you eating? Because sometimes when we're in front of other people, we watch what we're putting in our plate. Right? Because, oh, she's going to say, I eat so much. She's going to say, I took so much ketchup. I only ate fries. Right? I should eat some healthy food. Right? We become shy of people. And this is why we correct what we're eating. The Prophet ﷺ said that it means that you should guard your stomach and what it consumes. And you should remember death and the time that you will be decomposed. Remember that time. And this is a hadith in At-Tirmidhi. وَلَا يَأْتَلِي Another lesson that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us from the incident of Al-Ifq. وَلَا يَأْتَلِي And he should not swear an oath. Who? أُلُو الْفَضْلِ The people of Fadl. Ulu meaning possessors. Al-Fadl. Fadl, remember it's extra. Right? Literally. And over here Fadl means extra wealth. Meaning a person is wealthy. So أُلُو الْفَضْلِ Those who are wealthy. مِنْكُمْ from you. وَالسَّعَةِ And also أُلُو السَّعَةِ Meaning those who have سَعَةِ سَعَةِ وَاو سِينَعِينَ وُسْعَةِ What does وُسْعَةِ mean? The capacity of something. وَسِيرِ is that which is vast. 
Meaning those who have the capacity to share what they have with others, to give from what they have to others. Alright? So, ulul fadli wasa, a person who has a lot of money, and part of that money, he can easily afford to give to others. Because you see, sometimes a person may have a lot of money, but they need all of that. Because they have many needs, or their family has many needs. You understand? Like for example, a person has a hundred thousand dollars sitting in their bank account. For instance, and you might wonder, oh my God, so much money? They should give some of it away, but they can't. Why? Because let's say they have a lot of uh, health issues, and their medications are a lot, they need some equipment, uh, which are not covered by health insurance or whatever. So you see, they need all of that money. So they have fadl, but they don't have sa'a. You understand? Ulul fadli wasa'a. A person has a lot of money, and he can easily afford to give some of it to others. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who are like that, they should not swear not to give. You see this word, ya'tali. Hamza lam, ya. Or Hamza lam, wow. It is to swear an oath of abstinence. So basically to swear an oath that I'm not going to do this anymore. I swear I'm never going to do this anymore. I swear I'm never going to give this. I'm never going to say this. So they should not swear and you do that they will not give to who? Ulil qurba Those who are close in relationship, meaning close relatives. Wal-masakeen and the needy. Wal-muhajirina fi sabilillah. And those who have immigrated in the way of Allah. The wealthy among you should not swear to not give of their wealth to their relatives, to the needy, and to the immigrants. So if they have sworn an oath like that, what should they do then? What should they do then? They should break that oath. Right? And they should give to their relatives, to the needy, to the immigrants in the way of Allah. This ayah has a particular context. And what is that? Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Who was his daughter? Aisha radiallahu anha. And this whole incident of ifk revolved around who? Aisha radiallahu anha. She had been accused. And one of the people who had accused her, or rather who had participated in that slander, was who? Mistah radiallahu anhu. Mistah radiallahu anhu, who was he? He was of ulul qurba. To who? To Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He was his close relative. Secondly, Mistah was also from the masakeen. He was needy. Thirdly, he was also muhajir. You understand? He was all of these three. He was related to Abu Bakr, he was a needy person, and at the same time, he was muhajir. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, because of what Mistah radiallahu anhu had done, he was so offended, he was so hurt, that Abu Bakr said, I'm never going to spend on Mistah anymore. Because before this incident, he used to regularly give him money. He used to regularly financially support him. But after this incident, Abu Bakr who said, that's it. He's hurt me so much, he doesn't deserve any of my money, I'm not giving it to him. Would you do that? Would you do that? Has it ever happened that you give a gift to somebody, and then they say something bad about you to someone? And when you find out, what do you think? I shouldn't have given that gift. If only I would get that back somehow. 
Forget about any future gifts. What we've given, we want to take that back. Right? So what happened? Abu Bakr anhu, he was also a normal human being. He said, that's it. I'm not giving mistah anything ever again. Allah revealed this ayah. That if you have money, you have extra. Why hold back? Give. Give to this man. Give to mistah. Continue to give. And don't look at the fact that he is mistah. Okay? Look at the fact that he is a relative, he is a needy person, and he is a muhajir. Give him, not because you're getting some benefit in return from mistah, but give him because he needs the money. Give him because your giving him will bring you ajr. It will bring you reward. And you see, this is doing something purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when we give something to someone, there's always some expectation, right? They should thank me. They should call me, right? They should be on friendly terms with me. They should praise me. They should be on my side. But when you get nothing like this in return, you can expect no favor in return. Then what do you tell yourself? Ya Allah, I'm doing this only for you. I want your pleasure, right? And this is the teaching of our religion. That give not to expect anything in return. Give to expect reward from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not from the people. Waliyafu and they should pardon. Waliyasfahu and they should overlook. Yafu Ain Fawaw. What does Afu mean? Erase. Waliyasfahu. What does Safh mean? Overlook. Don't even look at it. Turn the page. Overlook. Just ignore it. Allah tuhibun. Forgive and overlook the harm that has been done to you. So Abu Bakr is being told basically that forgive and overlook whatever mistah has done to you. Why? How can you forget it? How can you overlook it? How could you let it go? Why should you let it go? What does Allah say? Do you not love that Allah should forgive you? Don't you want Allah to forgive you? Because think about it. The sins that we have committed, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala withheld His blessings from us because of our sins, what would we get today? What would we receive today? What would we be worthy of today? Deserving of? Nothing. So doesn't Allah forgive us regularly? Overlook our mistakes? Ignore our mistakes? And He continues to give us? He does, right? So, أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ When you forgive others, don't you want that Allah should also forgive you? Don't you want pardon for yourself? You want pardon for yourself. Then pardon others also. وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ And Allah is forgiving and merciful. So when Allah is forgiving and merciful, you should also forgive. We learned that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, when he heard this, he said, بَلَا أَنَا أُحِبُّ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لِي Of course, I want that Allah should forgive me. My Lord should forgive me. And then he resumed spending on mistah. And in fact, he doubled it. He doubled what he used to spend on mistah. And he said, By Allah, I will never stop spending on him. And Abu Bakr anhu continued to spend on him. So what's the lesson over here? That give to others, do good to others, not because they are good to you in return, or because they praise you, or that they support you, or that they take your side. But why? Because of the fact that they are needy. 
because of the fact that we are needy of Allah's reward. Forgive the mistakes of others, not because what they've done is okay. Forgive them because we want forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ Indeed those people who يَرْمُونَ الْمُحْصَنَاتِ Who falsely accuse chaste women. Which kind of chaste women? الْغَافِلَاتِ Those who are غَافِل غَافِلَاتِ is the plural of غَافِلَةِ Who is غَافِلَةِ? The girl or the woman who is negligent. Who doesn't even think about doing anything wrong. You see, some women, they are so innocent so innocent that they don't even know much about, you know, for example, sexual relations. They don't even know much. When they get married or when they're closer to get married, they're shocked. They hear about what menstruation is and they hear about what childbirth is and they're like, oh my God, oh my God. So you see who Rafila is? Like she's someone who, I mean, these women are rare today, right? Very rare. But such women did exist once upon a time. Alright? And even if such women don't exist today, at least there are girls who are so chaste, so good, so modest, that they never think about having an affair with someone or doing something wrong with another person. They don't even consider that as an option. You know, for example, there are certain girls... Yeah, they have an affair with someone. They're a little too friendly with a particular guy. And there's rumors that, yeah, I think they'll be getting engaged or for sure these two will be getting married. And then there's some girls who you ask them, have you ever had an affair with someone? They're like, no. And really, honestly, they've never had an affair with someone. They've never had a crush on someone because they've always kept themselves, you know, clean, protected. So this is ghafila. So innocent, so pure. And Aisha radiallahu anha was like that. She was so pure. She would not even think about doing anything wrong with another man. Because she was after all the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she got married at a very young age. So you couldn't even expect anything like that from her. But there are many other Muslim women also from whom you can never ever expect an action of this nature. So people who accuse them, people who accuse such girls, such women, who are al-mu'minat, who are believing women, those who accuse them of zina, Allah says those who accuse them, they are lu'inu fi dunya wal akhirah. They are cursed in this world and the hereafter. وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ And for them is a great punishment. This is a clear warning and a threat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those who accuse chaste women. That if they do this, they will be cursed in this world and the hereafter. The Prophet ﷺ said, avoid the seven destructive sins. Destructive sins. And one of those destructive sins is to accuse a chaste woman. You see, in this ayah, women are mentioned. Because generally, they are the target. Right? Generally, it's the women who are the targets of such accusations. But this doesn't mean that if a man is accused, then that's okay. It's okay to accuse a man. No, that's not acceptable either. But women are mentioned here because typically it's the women who are victims in, in such cases. يَوْمَ تَشْهَدُ عَلَيْهِمْ On the day when 
تَشْهَدُوا It will testify عَلَيْهِمْ against them أَلْسِنَتُهُمْ Their tongues وَأَيْدِيهِمْ And their hands وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ And their feet Their tongues, their hands, and their feet will all testify against them Against who? Those who accuse chaste women Those who slander them On the day of judgment, what's going to happen? Their own alsina, plural of lisan, their tongue will speak against them. Today, your tongue speaks in your favor, in your defense. Why? Because you use your tongue. You control it. On the day of judgment, we will lose control over our tongues. Our tongue will speak, not that which we want it to speak. Our tongue will speak that which is the truth. Even if that truth is against us. Just think about it. This body that we think we have so much control over, it's actually loyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on the day of judgment, it will only testify to the truth. وَأَيْدِيهِمْ And their hands, plural of yad. Hands will speak, hands will testify against a person. وَأَرْجُلُهُمْ Plural of rijl, foot. Feet will testify against a person. For what? بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Of that which they used to do. Because when a person will be questioned about the wrong that he has done, what will he do? He will outright deny. No, no, I never did that. Right? Like for example, in this world also, when a person is brought to court and he's asked if he's done something wrong, what does he say? No way. No way, I didn't do that. He refuses to accept. And because he's not confessing, and there's no other evidence to prove that he is guilty, he's considered innocent. Right? And this is what we've been taught. That if a person does not confess himself, and there is no evidence to prove that he is guilty, then he will be considered innocent. So a person has done something wrong, and he gets away with it. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? On the day of judgment, he will be caught. Why? Because yes, there will be no four human witnesses. But what will come as a witness? What will come as a witness? His own tongue, his own hands, his own feet. So you see over here, that when we're doing something wrong, yes, Allah is watching us. But who is with us when we're doing something wrong? Our own body. Our own body is a witness to our actions. And on the day of judgment, this body will witness against us. بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ For that which they used to do. In Surah Yasin ayah 65, we learn, الْيَوْمَ نَخْتِمُ عَلَىٰ أَفْوَاهِهِمْ وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ وَتَشْهَدُ أَرْجُلُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ That day, we will put a seal over their mouths. So a person will not be able to speak himself. And their hands will speak to us. And their feet will testify about what they used to earn. يَوْمَ إِذِنْ That day, يُوَفِّيهِمُ اللَّهِ Allah will pay them in full. Dinahum, their recompense. Over here, deen does not mean religion, it means recompense, like Maliki Yawmid, deen. Master of the day of deen, meaning recompense. Al Haq, the true, meaning that which they deserve. What recompense will Allah give to people on the day of judgment? The recompense which is Haq, which they are truly deserving of. وَيَعْلَمُونَ And they will know أَنَّ اللَّهَ That indeed Allah هُوَ الْحَقُّ الْمُبِينَ He is الحق المبين Meaning He is the true Meaning the true God Mubin Meaning perfect in His justice In His commands His truth is evident The truth of what He said is evident Because Mubin is clear 
one that is evident, right? So on the day of judgment, they will come to know this in plain reality, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is Al-Haqq. What He said, what He commanded, what He forbade from, everything was true. In Surah Al-Najm, Ayah 41, we learn, ثُمَّ يُجْزَاهُ الْجَزَاءَ الْأَوْفَى Then, on the day of judgment, man will be recompensed with full recompense. Full. So all of this is a warning against doing something wrong oneself, and then hiding that crime. And secondly, this is also a very clear warning against accusing other people of doing something wrong when they haven't done it. Both of these are great sins. Then Allah says, Al-Khabisatu lil-Khabisin. Al-Khabisat, the impure ones. Notice over here, Khabisat. What does that indicate? Female. Right? So Al-Khabisat meaning the impure women. Who are impure women? Who indulge in? Khubath meaning impure actions, filthy actions, like zina, or like indecent speech. Dirty words. Al-Khabisat, impure women. Lil-Khabisin. They are for impure men. Impure men deserve impure women. Impure women, they deserve impure men. Wal-Khabisuna lil-Khabisat. And the impure men are for impure women. You see, this is said in two ways. Impure women are for impure men. And impure men are for impure women. Both deserve one another. Because like for like, right? Each each deserves what he is worthy of. So if a person is impure himself, then what kind of a partner does he deserve? Someone who is impure. وَالطَّيِّبَاتُ لِلطَّيِّبِينَ And the good, clean women are for who? لِلطَّيِّبِينَ Clean men. وَالطَّيِّبُونَ And the clean men, they are لِلطَّيِّبَاتِ For the clean women. Impure for the impure, and pure for the pure. Who was Aisha radiallahu anha? The wife of At-Tayyib. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So what kind of a wife did he deserve? A wife who is pure, like him. He was pure, his wife was pure. So this accusation that Aisha radiallahu anha had done something wrong, this is something that had no basis at all. Because Allah says, impure women are for impure men, not for pure men. And also, if you think about it, even if an impure person gets together with a pure person, right? They get married. Is this marriage going to last? It's not going to last. Because both are completely different. They have completely different priorities. So for example, if there is a man who is very good in his nature, right? good in his akhlaq, very decent in his language, in his dressing, in what he watches and how he interacts with people, and he gets with a woman who is very different. She uses language which is not appropriate. She dresses up in a way which is not appropriate. They can try to get by for a year or two, but then beyond that, that marriage is not going to last. It cannot continue. It doesn't. Because the two are completely opposite. And this shows to us that when a person is looking into getting married, then what should he consider? What should he consider? The goodness of the other individual. Their purity. Right? What is their thinking like? Who are their friends like? 
what are their priorities in life? Because whatever their focus is, whatever their priorities are, they will also become your priorities. Whatever they will watch, you will also start watching that. Wherever they will go, you will also start going there. So see what you want in your life. الطيبات للطيبين Pure women are for pure men. Also we learned that خبيثات الخبيثين Remember that this also refers to words. So الخبيثات meaning evil words, bad words, فحش words. فحش words, indecent kalam. You know for example, accusing someone of zina. This is خبيث. This is خبيث language. These words are for who? للخبيثين. They are for impure people. Bad people use bad language. You understand? Because if the heart is clean, then how can dirty words come on the tongue? It doesn't work like that. Because what's on the tongue is a representation of what is in the heart. Right? So evil words are for evil people, and evil people are for evil words. Evil people are deserving of evil words. Meaning if a person is filthy inside, then that filth will sooner or later come out. And at-tayyibat, good words, are for who? Good people. And good people are for good words. Ula'ika, those, mubarra'oon. Mubarra'oon, ones who are absolved of blame. Innocent. They are declared innocent. Mubarra'oon is a plural of mubarra'a. Mubarra, hamza, bara'a. Bara'a, to be innocent. Right? To not be associated with something. To not be associated with something wrong. So mubarra'oon, ones who are declared innocent. Who are declared innocent? At-tayyibun, at-tayyibat. Pure men, pure women. Allah declares them innocent from what? Mimma yaqulun of that which they say. Meaning of the false accusations that are hurled at them. So for example, Aisha radiallahu anha, Safwan radiallahu anhu. Evil words were said about them, right? Allah says they are innocent of it. Lahum maghfira. Instead, for them is forgiveness. Such a huge test, such a huge trial. Allah says for them is forgiveness. Because they endured patiently. وَرِزْقٌ kareem And a noble, honorable provision. Because they are pure, they keep themselves pure, and they will receive from Allah only that which is pure. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tattabi'u khutuwati shaytan وَمَنْ يَتَّبِعْ خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ فَإِنَّهُ يَأْمُرُ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ مَا زَكَى مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ أَبَدًا مَا زَكَى مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ أَبَدًا وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يُزَكِّي مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ وَلَا يَأْتَلِ أُولُو الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ وَالسَّعَةِ أَنْ يُؤْتُوا 
They're so powerful that other people can say whatever they want about you. If you have not done something wrong, you haven't done it. Just because other people say you're bad, that doesn't make you bad. Right? Because when people say bad things about you, it's very, very hurtful. But what does Allah say? أُولَٰئِكَ مُبَرَّؤُونَ مِمَّا يَقُولُونَ Whatever people say about them, they are innocent of it. They have nothing to do with it. They are dissociated from it. Allah is declaring them to be innocent. It's so empowering. And also if you look at these words, Al-Khabisatu Lil-Khabisin, Wal-Khabisuna Lil-Khabisat, Wal-Tayyibatu Lil-Tayyibin, Wal-Tayyibuna Lil-Tayyibat. What does this teach us? That your words, they show who you are. Right? Our words, what we talk about, what we watch, what we do, they show what we really are. Your tongue speaks your heart. Because those who are evil, talk evil. Those who are good, will talk about good. So if we really want to know how we are, what is it that we need to check? What we say, what we watch, what we listen to, what's on our mind, that tells us who we really are from the inside. Our interests, our actions, they show how we are, who we are. And the ayah that we learned about Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. I want you to think about someone who has really hurt you. Is there anybody who has hurt you? Who has offended you? Who's hurt your feelings? Punctured your heart? Is there anybody? Recall that person in your mind. And now your homework is to do something or to say something good to them. Experience 
forgiveness. What it means to forgive. Experience that. And how is it that we forgive people? When they have done something bad to us, we still say good to them, we still do good to them. Because sometimes we say, yeah, yeah, I forgive, but I, I don't want to know them. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Please don't even mention their name in front of me. Their name, you know, it's mentioned and it makes me angry. It makes me nervous. Because we haven't truly forgiven them. So remember Abu Bakr anhu. what did he say? I want that Allah should forgive me. And so he continued to spend on mistah. So over this next week inshallah, experience forgiveness by forgiving others inshallah. Did you want to say something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. What if you're afraid that if you are around that person and you're trying to do good to them, but they're going to be worse to you? What if you fear that if you are good to someone, they will still be bad to you? Then what? You want to truly forgive someone who's hurt you. And you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to do something good with them. But then this fear overcomes you. They're going to be the same. Or they're going to be worse. Then what? Okay, you continue being good to them. And also remember that Al-Khabithat Lil-Khabithin. Right? Al-Tayyibat Lil-Tayyibin. You know, there's this thing that they say, perfect match. That how you are to others, that is what you get from them in return. You know, for example, in a relationship, many times a husband will continuously blame the wife. She's like this, she's like this, she's like that. Or the wife will continuously blame the husband. He's like this, he's like this, he's like that. But they say that between the husband and wife, in a couple, there is like a perfect match. In the sense that, meaning however you are to your spouse, that is how they will be towards you as well. Or the way they are to you is because of how you are with them. You know, for example, a woman is complaining that my husband, he, he's never around. Why is he never around? Because he feels smothered around you, or he feels suffocated around you, or he feels eternally guilty around you. So in order to avoid that, he is avoiding you. Right? So his avoiding you is a result of the way you are treating him. You understand? So if you want a relationship to work out, you always have to start doing good. Start doing good. And yes, you will not get good response immediately, but it will eventually come. And the perfect example of this is who? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. People who were his enemies, who were willing to go and kill him. They wanted to kill him. Imagine how much they hated the Prophet ﷺ. But how was he with them? He was tolerant, he was patient, he was forgiving. He kept doing da'wah to them. And gradually, gradually what happened? His enemies became his greatest supporters. You know, you have to win the heart of other people. Did you want to say something? Assalamu alaikum. I just wanted to share my personal experience about this um, fear that uh, what if we try to you know, be good to them whom we have hurt or they have hurt us. And um, this is the thought of shaitan who keep us keeping it away from this. What if they're going to do this? What if they get more uh, mad or more angry? But same thing happening to me. So 
I just, when I learned these ayats, I said, okay, I have to call this person that we have been talking for a long time. And I was sure that she's not going to pick up my phone, but I said, anyways, I have to call, and I'll, I'm going to leave the message on her recording machine. So I just, uh, you know, memorized this night's message <laughs> because I wasn't expecting her to pick up the phone. So, but subhanAllah, when I called her, she did pick up the phone, and now I wasn't prepared for this situation <laughs> because I have memorized my message for my recording, for her recording machine but I just say all those nice words to her and subhanallah nothing happened like actually she did appreciate that it was just shaitan that stopped you not to call and do good to the people who have hurt you yes. so inshallah yes. try that <laughs> this fear is from shaitan did you want to say something go ahead I was just thinking it's interesting it's really beautiful that the pure are for the pure and the impure are for the impure and like Arij mentioned sometimes what happens in relationships is that you're like someone is having a bad influence on you or they're not being kind with you. But instead of focusing on the other person's behavior, we should focus on ourselves, on making ourselves pure. So if someone's saying bad things to you, be good. So eventually either they're going to leave from you anyways and they're how they are and you be good. Or inshallah, you'll affect them in a positive way. Yes. Yes. This is true. That you continue to do good regardless of how they are. Either they will change their behavior towards you or they will leave you. And in either case, you're winning. It's a win-win situation. Right? But if you're bad in return or if you leave them, then what are you going to get? Nothing. Nothing good out of it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.